birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy third birthday video high. Even though it was back on May 27th and we're a little belated, but this is when we recorded it, so it feels like our one chance to say happy birthday to us. Attain hut. Welcome, maggots, to Video <laughs> High, your B-movie education. This lesson will be on 1987? Or 88 or 89, depending on who you ask. <laughs> All right. 1980, sometime in the late 80s, <laughs> Delta Force Commando. But before we get there, let's do the roll call. Greg Hansen. Mommy. Can we rent Iron Eagle? <laughs> Son, we have Iron Eagle at home. <laughs> Iron Eagle at home. <laughs> Jamie Kennedy. Delta Force Commando or Captain Samuel Beck in the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That guy got hammered. Yeah. <laughs> Josh Roth. I have never been simultaneously blue-balled and satisfied by a climax before. <laughs> oh, boy. And I'm Casey Regan. I just, I don't know, y'all. All I was left with this movie with was thinking, like, goddamn, people in the 80s really thought like this and thought it was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, this is what we do in the world, and it's awesome. <laughs> it's a bummer. It's a little bit of a bummer. He was just some kid, just some damn kid, sold cheap sunglasses outside the base. I saw him a million times, but but the shit went down so fast, I, I thought he was, well, I don't know, I, I didn't think, I just reacted, I just did what they taught me, and, and he, he was gone, and that's when I recognized his face, but it was too late, and he was dead, and... He just looked so confused. Like, why did I do that? Why did I have to do that? Oh, God. Oh, God. Ease, soldier. Addies. This is the work now, brother. Those memories gripping you like that, that's the front line. And just like over there, look to either side, because you got fellow soldiers around you who have all been down that foxhole. So let's hear it for him. That took guts. That took real guts. Hoorah. 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 But I bet his story shook up some stuff with a few of y'all, huh? Anyone else like to share? Oh, come on now. You spend your life swallowing this shit. All you do is mess up your stomach. It's like MREs. <laughs> I think I'd rather pull the pin and drop a puke grenade on my plate than ever eat another one of them things. <laughs> what the fuck did any of you know about puke grenades, huh? Oh, I'm sorry, Lieutenant Turner. Was there something you'd like to share, sir? Yeah, 
I don't think so. Well, you've been coming to these meetings for a while. I think the group would get a lot out of finally hearing your story, sir. Hoorah. 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 Fine. Uh, hello? My, my name is Lieutenant Tony Turner. Hoorah, Tony. Yeah, uh, hoorah. Well, I joined up in the 80s. I, I was just a grunt like the rest of you, but did a couple tours in Nam. Of course, by then the war was over, so it was more like bike and boat tours. You know, did a little foodie thing, but I just felt lost out there. Just part of the machine. That was till I was recruited by the Delta Force Commandos. Whoa, you were a Delta Force Commando? Yeah, that's right. I met a few of you guys overseas. They never talked about any of the shit they seen. None of you do. There's a reason we don't talk about it. And that's because... It was so awesome! <laughs> I, I feel guilty. I do, because all your stories are really... I, I just had a blast. Wait, what? I mean, this was the 80s we were talking about, and I was on the Wet Work A team for the <laughs> intelligence sector. Whatever Studio 54 was for disco cokeheads, that was basically Central America for us. <laughs> oh my god, the places I got to go, the guns I got to shoot, the democratic movements I got to topple. We were basically the CIA's varsity team, and every week was homecoming in a different people's sovereign home. Uh, but, but something must have happened. Something made you stop. Oh, uh, yeah, it sucked. I was on R&R and I knocked this lady up. <laughs> had to take a desk posting on a base in Puerto Rico. And I was rip shit, too, because the guys and I had planned this whole gorilla hunting trip. And I never knew which type of gorilla they meant. <laughs> but she was expecting a baby, so I, I don't know. I mean, it definitely changed me. My, my girlfriend at the time... Or wife. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm hazy on her name. So I wasn't the same guy after Delta Force. I don't know. Maybe all those years unloading M60s into student protest groups didn't set me up for how little those skills came up in domestic life. And I hate to say, I, I did resent her a bit for it. That's understandable. How did you two get beyond it? Mm. It was actually really sweet of her. She got shot to death by a wild-eyed Nicaraguan rebel while he was stealing a nuclear weapon from the base. Oh my god. <laughs> I know, right? She was the best. Freed up a lot of my time to just be me again, you know? Get back to my roots. So I just threw a few things in a bag. A couple Smith & Wessons, some M12 machine guns, an Uzi, that's how you say it. A few bazookas, a couple wrist rockets, a couple actual rockets, and Fred the Hammer Williamson. And I just kind of started shooting and killing everybody I met. The CIA at the time had a machine that could track anything, anywhere in the world. And they tracked them to Nicaragua. <laughs> Where in Nicaragua? What do you mean? The rebel group that stole the nuclear device. Where were they hiding it? I don't know. Nicaragua. <laughs> the CIA just told me they had a machine that said I had to go fight Nicaragua. And that's what I did. You just showed up in Nicaragua and started shooting people no matter what side of the conflict they were on? No. I started before I got there. <laughs> but yeah, that was pretty much the whole plan. Did you ever play GTA? And instead of doing the main mission where there's stakes and importance to your actions and names or movements, whose ideas you need to understand and empathize with, you just try to get five police stars and see how long you can survive the wave after wave of helicopters, tanks, and NPCs they throw at you. That. Uh, I did that. Were you fighting with the Contras? 
No, ma'am, this wasn't really a video game. This was real life. <laughs> well, what about the nuke? The what? Oh, yeah! <laughs> I remember... I, it blew up. Does that sound right? Do y'all remember a nuke going off in Nicaragua in the 80s? <laughs> I never paid a lot of attention to politics. Anyway, that was my story. But... But, but what's your secret? How do you put all of this behind you? How could you do that to people? Lives that, that you ended? How could you? I, I don't know, man. I, it's just that you see back then, cocaine was just so good. <laughs> Can I get a hoorah? Hoorah! 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 Jamie, can you give us a hoorah? <laughs> oh my god, Jamie Jamie says that a the biggest raven she's ever seen is mad at Tiki. What? Tiki's inside of the raven. Is it on the porch? You're getting an ominous message from a Norse god uh, or something? I think Odin has come oh to god. claim us. Raven has lifted Tiki up in the air? Oh no! <laughs> Wait a minute, you're saying Tiki has somehow done a flip maneuver and gotten on top of the raven? <laughs> Is now Tiki's controlling now riding it. the raven. Has has, has connected some... like Awa's chosen what? one with the I dragon. Get, hold oh, on. I have to see what this. <laughs> what is happening? All right. Well, hey, Greg. <laughs> did you think the book report was funny? I did think the book report was funny. I don't know. I don't know. Does it have an ending? It didn't really have an ending. Who needs an ending? <laughs> A woman murdered an unpaid check to settle. Follow that truck. Why? Follow that truck and shut up. Two men, veterans of too many wars. Real war machines. Hey, buddy. Oh, shit. You again? An atomic booby trap has been stolen. It can explode at any moment. Delta Force Commando. Well, hey, happy Commandoversary. Yeah, yeah happy Commandoversary. Yeah. We've been together. We've been a podcast long enough that we're experimenting with other commandos. <laughs> <laughs> we have an open commando relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love returning to this well every year with you guys. I gotta say, this was better than Strike, Strike Commando, Commando 2. 2. Yes. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. A lot better. Uh, this? Uh, oh. oh. No, 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 no. My, my issue is not that this isn't a, a masterpiece, right? But it's like, I don't know. It felt like, feels like you're comparing two different jazz musicians, right? <laughs> you know, they're both doing something different, right? They're, they're working within a form, but. Right. Strike Commando 2 is not the Rambo 2 ripoff we all know and love. It's really yeah. a jungle adventure. It's closer to a romancing the stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Those with more Stallone uh, appreciation than I do, was this ripping off anything specifically or just the tropes of such a thing? I don't think specifically. No, this this has a bit of Iron Eagle and Top Gun. Okay, okay, uh, okay. I mean, I, I saw the Top Gun. Well, Iron Eagle yeah. is ripping off Top Gun. Okay, okay, And okay. this is ripping off Iron Eagle. Yeah, we're just using Sourdough Starter. Just so yeah. Really <laughs> really I think this movie was just a, an expression of the genuine American politics of the moment <laughs> <laughs> quite possible yeah the, the, the politics of the moment but also like 
we have the odd couple up in here. I wanted these two to kiss. Like they were clearly in love with each other and they bickered like an old married couple. I loved them. Loved Tony that. Tony and Beck forever. I was big on their complimentary aspects of each other. Fred Williamson having a very awesome big mustache and Tony having very, very pronounced eyebrows. Like I yes. Turner is... A- Italian-American excellence. <laughs> I like that you're all calling him Turner because I only called him Tony in my Tony! I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony. Like, I that's, that's the Italian-American excellence I'm talking about. He's just Tony right. to me. Yeah. God, this movie is incredible. I, I really, truly loved it. It's so action-packed. Yeah. <laughs> it's so packed. It, well, it's it's so packed they started throwing out other things. Story, yeah. plot, yeah. they just were like, no, no, no. It's like an air balloon. They're just jettisoning yeah, whatever they plot can. <laughs> just to get air, and they're getting higher and higher, and it hits the fucking stratosphere. It's a movie that pays attention to a lot of aspects, right? It's a movie that goes, oh, all right, people are going to want action. We got to give them action. And not only are they going to want action, they're going to want different types of action. So we're going to put them uh, in planes. We're going to put them... On, uh, you know, fighting hand to hand. We're going to have a lot of bazookas. So many. Of different varieties, too. Different like, varieties. Yeah, this is not a war movie where everyone's holding the same gun. Everybody's, they're going <laughs> through weapons. This is 007. This is, uh, this is yeah. Goldeneye. This is, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 this yeah, is yeah, perfect yeah. dark. Like, oh you're picking God. up, oh, oh, shit, he has the clob now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and everyone is their own little video game character, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, everyone, <laughs> everyone got to be at least signified as a different person, though none of them were personified. (laughs) (laughs) I also have to say that, like, there were a lot of of movies made in the wake of Rambo 2 that tried to copy the formula of Rambo 2. Most of them, their main characters either lacked charisma or lacked muscles or, in many cases, lacked both. But I have to say, like, Brett Baxter Clark as Tony kind of nailed both in a way that like is a little hard to really put your finger on but like boy's got muscles sure boy can hold a machine gun and do the spray and pray in a way that red brown always kind of wanted to but was and 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 is yeah. just didn't have the jiggle yeah. <laughs> sly has the jiggle Brett has the jiggle. Yeah. The way the pecs and bicep and triceps jiggle as that M60 is bouncing around in their hands. It's got to be just right. And he's also met with Mark Gregory, who is the villain, who in the third act has literally just an impression of a shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The shirt doesn't truly exist in any major form yeah. but like again like cut from goddamn stone and then and thankfully like this is fred williamson sort of in the height of his movie career athleticism so not the not the height of his actual athleticism <laughs> right. because he's uh you know 15, yeah 15 years <laughs> post athletics but is like before he's like truly kind of like Cameron Mitchell himself into movies where where he's always sort of sitting down. He's in a chair and he has one line. (laughs) Yeah, I watched this movie and because I am, I uh, you know, born in 1990 and also like didn't live through the 80s. I'm not a particularly like well-read or smart person. (laughs) Only have a like only the vaguest knowledge of what was going on 
militaristically and politically in Nicaragua in the 80s. Seems like a lot. Yeah. All you have to do is play Contra. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's the thing is, you know, you're trying to sell a movie to America, so you're like, mm. yeah, our lead character just goes to Nicaragua and starts kicking ass, and you'd be like, eh, hell yeah, hell brother. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, hell yeah, he you does, right? You was you was But then at the same time, it's so not there, and the rest of the movie is so um, seemingly anti- just the machine of American power and, I mean, you know, pro-libertarian mass murder, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, pro-like yeah, yeah, yeah. pro like small government <laughs> ethnic <laughs> cleansing, right? And so, I don't know, is it is it like Pierre Luigi Squiguli or whatever? Fettuccini's... Fet- Pierre uh, Luigi is one name. <laughs> what? Pierre Luigi's one name. His wow, first yeah. name is Pierre Luigi. A man named Pierre Luigi. I could imagine injecting a fair amount of irony into this like <laughs> jungle shoot 'em up taking place like while America was, you know, d- doing some coups down there. <laughs> trying to do trying to do a dang coup down there. And written by Dardano Sacchetti. Incredible. Who is responsible for most of the 80s Italian horror movies that people know. The Beyond, Demons, City of the Living Dead, New York Ripper, House of the Cemetery, Shock, Manhattan Baby, Cannibal Apocalypse, Blade of the Dark, 1990 Bronx Warriors, Cut and Run, Killer Crocodile, Blast Fighter, Devilfish. like, 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 dude's... Got a crazy filmography. If you uh, are on his letterbox and you and you keep scrolling and then you keep scrolling <laughs> and you kind of keep scrolling, Delta Force Commando. <laughs> Fallen contents! <laughs> Salute your superior officer, you maggots! It's me, Sergeant Chesty McDog Tags, and despite my rank, I have been ordered by the top brass to give you your Act 1 synopsis of Delta Force Commando. Now, if you start up your tape and a movie starts with both a lot of fighter jet B-roll and a bunch of nonsense with a dip-witted officer bringing a fair concubine back to the barracks for a little, quote, basic training, end quote, then you're in the right place, Skipper. And if you like key card action, all the better. If you have seen any movie ever, you know that this interaction shall go poorly. And after getting his lady back to Fort Shag, she does a little penetration of her own, that of a bullet into his face. She goes on to kill the other guards and lets a jeep full of no good blazer wearing hippie long hair types that wouldn't last a day on the front. Calm down, Sergeant, calm down. (laughs) Then we meet a real man's man, Tony. And by me, I mean he's a big honking steak sliced right off the bone. Cut even. And his pregnant wife, who really thinks Tony should get back into the Delta Force because he's no wussy and he can't be stuck behind a desk all day. Well... She asks for some pickles and cheesecake, and Tony, like a good soldier, doesn't question his orders. But our hero, in RB Drab, is almost shot when he opens his door, and these revolutionary fucks oozy into his apartment, killing his wife, who, 
unfortunately has extremely poor survival instincts. <laughs> Tony, like me, is fired up. He grabs his sidearm and chases after these Cretans, while everyone's favorite Fred Williamson, Fred Williamson, arrives in a car as Captain Samuel Beck, noticing the strange goings-on and comments quippily, while the dulcet sounds of Korg's finest play that strangely Italian way of playing keyboards. Now the Mercs split, and Tony hijacks Beck's car, and they follow in hot pursuit. Tony's a good shot, but he's no match for the Mercs bazooka, which blows up Beck's car. Thankfully, both Tony and Beck tucked and rolled this Young Cadets is the single most important thing to learn here at boot camp. Delta Force Commando will show you how often vehicles you are in will explode and you are only a tuck and a roll away from death. Since the Mercs have stolen a nuclear device, Colonel Keitel, which is Italian for Boats Fenson, is called in to assemble Delta Force. Tony's out of retirement. Everyone is ready. Until a government shill named Newman takes over and tells them to wait. Also, he tells Kaitel that he is a secret, but he won't tell, no matter how hard you interrogate him. So don't you even try. He won't, won't Kaitel. Don't ask, don't Kaitel. <laughs> don't, don't, don't ask, don't Kaitel. That's because he has equipment. Equipment that's really great. Top of the line, this equipment tells people where people are somehow, and it will be used, he promises, in due time. Well, that's enough to make any man go crazy. And Tony, well, he isn't just any man. He locks, he loads, he punches in the invincibility cheat code, and he gets a movie's worth of gun right at the top yeah. and goes to procure himself a jet. Now, thankfully, Fred is out doing maneuvers, and he's the best dang fighter pilot in the service, and he's none too pleased that Tony is back, waving a Glock in his face, telling him where to go for a second time. They're leaving on a jet plane. They don't know when they'll be back again, but they may let geese, and they head south for winter in search of some answers and a whole lot of bodies. That has been your Act 1 synopsis. Now drop down and give me 20. 20. Greg, the one part of your synopsis I disagree with was uh, Fred Williamson being none too happy to see. No, he's none too happy at the beginning. Yeah. He like, no, he they, sort of loves true. each other. I guess other. they, they kind of yeah. make doughy eyes at yeah, each other. Yeah, he sort of yeah. loves them right but, away. But he, he's he's thrilled to be like continually taken hostage, I, basically. He gets like, hijacked by Tony like four times. Yeah, so many times. This is what people who advocate for... Baby, it's cold outside. Are yeah. trying to say that the song is about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, they no, have no, a baby. It's cold outside. It's relationship. guys. That was flirting. Well, but this movie takes place in Central America, so it actually would be more like croquettish. <laughs> Damn, Whoa. Greg, you're as quippy <laughs> as our leads. Which means, uh, I say something. There is a response, but it doesn't yeah. make any sense. That was, yeah, that was the perfect Delta Force Commando quip because it was in the sort of tenor rhythm of a quip. Yeah. If you make it sound like one, yeah. then it is. Then it counts. Now, not to sound problematic, guys, 
but um, I have commando blindness and I don't see ranks. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Very progressive of you, Jamie. Very progressive of you, yeah. Um, what was who was this military man in the beginning bringing his sex worker back oh, to the barracks? Who knows? It doesn't. What? That was. It, wait a minute. Does not like, matter. Was he a general? Oh wait, was no. Actually, I did write it down. What was I he a general? I actually did write it down. He was a sergeant. Okay. And uh, how does that rank? Not not high. Not, not, not high. high yeah. Not high. Okay. Okay. Looks real private. Oh, you bet it is. <laughs> mm. <laughs> The dwelling place of Sergeant Alan McCoy. Honey, what'd you say your name was? Maria. Oh. It's real nice here. It doesn't look like a barracks. No, it doesn't. It doesn't look like a barracks. But, uh, you're supposed to salute the flagpole. (laughs) 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 I love flagpoles. What are we waiting for? Oh. Just a second. While I slip out of these clothes. <laughs> ah! Three things I loved about this opening scene. Just one, three? Uh, three things I love the most. Okay, okay, there you go, there you go. Okay. Uh, one, it takes place at 8.15 p.m. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Two, the abundance of CCTV footage Mm -hmm. that we hold (laughs) on instead of an establishing shot. Yeah, I like that because that showed that Pierre Luigi was like, how do we make this more interesting? But then the producer went, "Uh, you can make it like a part of a TV. And they went, is there anything? Can we do anything more? And they go, no. (laughs) It was to show what a coup, what an incredible success this infiltration of this u.s army base was because someone was watching some parts of that base so <laughs> and they still got in she had oh. to sneak in oh speaking of getting in number three. Oh my god you see i can still get it in <laughs> oh my god beautiful yeah. absolutely beautiful i absolutely loved the fact that maria the fake prostitute comes in you know she's going to kill this guy immediately because it's a an action movie called Delta Force Commando and you're starting with a sex scene of a guy who is clearly not the main character. Yeah. And she takes off her wig. Yes. And the guy goes, oh, and it's like, that means nothing. Nothing. <laughs> right, you right. need the wig. Like, right. She she know your who suspicions you are. were correct. I have shorter, shorter hair. hair. <laughs> the ad explicitly said you have long hair. <laughs> this movie is great because if ever there was a case to be made for B movie impressionism, Italian 80s impressionism, Ooh. it's movies like this. It's like they had like a, a chalkboard or a or a thumbtack board where they went, okay, what are good scenes from other movies that we can play? And somebody's like, oh, yes, right. Uh, uh, she takes off her hair and it turns out it's a wig uh, and it's a reveal. And they go, great. And they put it in. But they don't bother yeah, to do- Yeah, but who is she? It's not even not questioned. <laughs> like- she ultimately stands in front of a doorway for much of this first opening scene, 
holding a bazooka. Just holding yeah, a bazooka. Yeah, yeah. I loved that they gave her the bazooka. <laughs> that was like. Chekhov's bazooka because you're like, well, that's that's she's gonna fire it, guys. We don't know when, but she's gonna. But like a guard this door bazooka. I know. You got one shot. You've got one shot. Yeah, don't mess it's- it up. Give it to her, and this is kind of what I mean. Where it's Mama like, spaghetti. where they, where they, they know enough. They know enough about what audiences want to be like. Woman holding bazooka is good. That's yep. good movie. Right. But they don't wrong. really know what to do with it, and so they have her shoot the door, and the smallest explosion for a bazooka, <laughs> especially given what bazookas will in this yes. movie later do. Yep. They have a wide range of explosion types, these bazookas. Listen, I don't think anyone who worked on this movie actually knew what pyrotechnics were capable of, (laughs) considering they do start immediately after this carrying around an atomic bomb in a backpack. We need to talk about the the design of the nuclear backpack. Oh, the the fucking crash bandicoot crate they pick up. (laughs) (laughs) It is literally a box that has the nuclear symbol on it and the word danger. Yeah, the Uber Eats backpack. He's carrying around fucking five guys. This is what I mean. Like, the special sauce is is not even a sticking the landing, is just an attempt to even go up. Mm. Totally, right. I mean, you know, we talk about the, the PM formula a lot, but it's like this movie has it. It's got the like, oh, we're getting a little boring. Like, mm. it's time to punch it up with a, an action scene. Oh, the movie's getting a little boring. It's time to have some quippy dialogue. Like, also, you love uh, someone who's doing like absolutely dastardly acts. Yeah. To just be <laughs> smiling the entire time. Yeah, just yeah, be yeah, like, yeah. we're about to blow up the entire world. <laughs> uh, 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 I, yeah. I'd hate to be us. <laughs> right, brother? Yeah, they, I had to be living on the world right now. <laughs> I think, yeah, it did do the, I guess, you know, the action movie model of like a little bit of written bit action little bit of written bit action a, a lot of those movies right where what drags them down is those written scenes has to apply so much of them to exposition right to explaining like here's the mission here we don't even learn who the delta force is in this movie <laughs> like we don't get nothing is established or exposited in this movie like i went back when i was writing the book report to try to be like did they say that he like went to nam or something it was like a big deal i was like no they don't say anything about this fucking guy no. they're like there's the, a guy comes on screen hoping to get like some top gets killed then our main character's wife gets killed then they're just like yeah movies this way hey yeah yeah here you go there's your lock and load scene catch up all right yeah (laughs) yeah fall in line private it's it's fucking Jean-Luc Godard's weekend like (laughs) like you're just there's there's a 15 minute scene of them just like going by a bunch of shit and then at some point you go and that's the main character (laughs) (laughs) I mean you know he's the main character because he jolts awake in bed his psychic connection to the gunshots what's wrong aren't you tired no I couldn't sleep I'm worried Tony (laughs) ever since you left Delta Force you're changed. I made a choice. You weren't made to sit behind a desk. I love you. And I want to be with you, always. So you are. 
But I want you to be like you were before. Uh, What's the matter? Nothing, just a little pain. One of the few moments of the movie that truly actually bucks the trend, which is the wife being like... You need to go be a dangerous job. <laughs> yeah, I wish yes. you would go back to being the most dangerous person alive. Yeah. And then, like, her, her, like she feels a kick as if she's like, oh, your unborn baby also wants you to stop being a little pencil-pushing wuss. <laughs> it's also delivered in some of the best soap opera acting I yeah. could imagine. It's so stilted, but wonderful at the same time yeah they get so close to each other and she like puts her hands like gently on his pecs and like leans into him and goes you should go overseas and kill people again you're becoming a real drag (laughs) we we need some of that ill-gotten gold (laughs) yeah she's like she's like look i i understand the statistics i know exactly how much shit you did over there with all that ptsd you're killing somebody it's either in this house or somewhere else and frankly mister i'd rather i'd rather i'd rather be outside Pat, get down! No! Pat. I I know there's not an answer to this question, but why is Scar standing outside of the door? I think it was Ron Ty- Why he does he go to. after him? No, no, no. He, Why he, do they go after him? He just sees them. He sees them. He, they, were, yeah. they were trying to get from point A to point B. They weren't actually going and like mowing down people who live there. It just oh. he happened to open the door oh. as he was in the hallway and he's like, well, time to kill but, him. But, yeah, but, yeah. This, but this movie sure does do that a lot where there are some very glaring holes that are very unclear if it was they didn't make the day or they only had a day to edit. I couldn't yeah. tell where that right. day, uh, where the that day, day was issue found. was. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. got well into him like kidnapping Fred Williamson again before. I, I was so expecting them to be like, it's Scar again, right? He's like, yeah, that guy you tangled with back in oh, blah, like blah, blah, blah. No. No. Yeah, exactly. And I was like <laughs> waiting there. And as he's like gunplay flirting with Fred Williamson in the fighter jet, I'm like, wait a minute. This guy isn't a guy. Wait a minute. Why did he choose? <laughs> oh, you were expecting Jakoda. He, yeah. He had his fucking submachine gun like pointed to Turner's like peephole on his door. And it's just like, uh, if, as long as nobody sees us. As long as nobody's knock, 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 knock. coming. Yeah. God, I love that. So now is when Fred Williamson joins our film. And it's so good. He's driving around because he's like, oh boy, I pulled up in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> oh, doubly so, my own. One of our heroes gets hijacked by our other hero, and they will immediately become bestish friends. And he will hijack him again about three times. Hey, you. I'm talking to you, pal. You just wrecked my goddamn Who are car. You? Who sent you? Talk, damn it! Bastard! You hear me? You bastard! He can't. He's dying. Mind your own fucking business. This is something personal. Yeah, well, that's fine with me, pal. Except those freaks were stealing a nuclear device. I don't give a shit. They just killed my wife. It's also smart of the movie. It's really the only contrivance it cares to explain and maybe really the only true contrivance in the movie because it, everything else is 
nonsense. Like so, so hand waved. Like, yeah, we got a machine. They're in Nicaragua, right? So it's not they don't even take a chance to like explain like, oh, you know, the Delta Force is the most elite group of blah blah blah. Like they don't care about that even the nicaraguan rebel group is they're not like it they don't you know, even give don't... us a name they yeah. give us nothing no it's just nicaragua go to nicaragua yeah. shoot people it's the only contrivance that they explain or set up or like put like solder together is getting fred williamson and oh, yeah. uh, tony turner oh, yeah. together and I, I that's smart that's the smart one to focus the, on the one that matters most is the one with your two protagonists hey buddy Oh, shit. You again? You got something against me? Nothing personal, friend. How are you with fuel? Fuel? This ain't no taxi, pal. You want to ride? Take a bus. I'm going to count to three, then I'm going to blow your brains out. One? Oh, shit, man. What do you want for my life? This plane ain't even ours. Two? Right, all right. Calm down. Hey, look, you already kidnapped me once. You could at least be polite about it. Please start this fucker up and let's go. Shit. We meet Fred Williamson. I lose the feeling of uh, Tony Turner's like rage and grief towards yeah. his wife. Oh right? yeah, it does wife just who? seem to be <laughs> yeah, wife, wife. Who? It's gone from revenge to murder spree, like that, like unmotivated murder spree. Like, like yeah, that's the thing. Like, yes, it's supposed to be like his avenging his wife, but really, I think it just goes back to the conversation where it's like she really wanted me to go back to just <laughs> ruthlessly murdering everyone I came across, and by god damn it, I'm gonna honor that last request of hers yeah. as well as pick up some cheesecake and pickles <laughs> oh, it's, for you babe if this movie had it's ended you, with them eating cheesecake, cheesecake. and pickles oh it would be the greatest movie ever made so we also have colonel Keitel and newman newman which is it's the most important part of the plot question mark but the most <laughs> inconsequential part of the plot like you, you need, the you most need... important part of the plot least important pl- part, part of, the, of movie. the movie yeah, yeah that's exactly what it is, <laughs> it is the rambo 2 bit and it is the cameron mitchell bit you yeah. know again like yeah. bo svenson being one of these guys who by the late 80s sure isn't doing action in those parts of the movie like he's he's sure in also, chairs sounded like they dubbed him with someone else oh they sure did. They sure oh, did. Really? Yeah, he's dubbed with somebody familiar. else. Yeah. But no, that is not Bo Svensson. Bo Svensson so is... So funny. Yeah. So funny to give someone the as credit. Like, this is, like... And Bo Svensson as Colonel Keitel, and then not use his voice. <laughs> which is... Which is... So Bo Svensson's voice is 90% of his appeal. Yeah, and Newman has... Even though he's not a military personnel control over whatever this mission is, and is leaking to the media left and right. That, I, like, yeah, an atomic bomb got stolen. I uh, love his involvement in the media. Yeah. He had the damn algorithm machine. It was telling him. <laughs> and this is never referenced beyond this scene, right? Like, no, it's no. referenced once it more is? at the very end. Well, okay. yeah, he ca- well, he has a whole bit about like that wars are fought in public opinion, which is... I, I mean, I hate to say it, but he's fucking right. Like, yeah, it's yeah, a movie yeah. where it's like, they demonize him for being absolutely 100% correct. It's Ghostbusters. It's ghost. It's, it's the EPA being like, you can't do that. It's like, well, you... <laughs> it's what's so funny about this movie is it's like, it's representing a, like, conflict that was currently happening, right? Like, it's representing as the two, like imagined ethical counterweights against each other in this the like cia manufacturing consent amongst the public 
to make the Sandinistas look like these wild rebels who are willing to, you know, burn the world and they're anarchists and they're, you know, we're going in there to recreate order, right? And the other side of it being the people who go in and shoot. You yeah. know, that like it's like it's that's why I wonder if this is, you know, Pierre Luigi Siriachi's like Starship Troopers. Like it's his, <laughs> it's his like this is a like movie being made like about imperialism sort of uh like <laughs> and reactionary opinions towards the Sandinista uprising and and political takeover in Nicaragua. It's about that movie where the only two counterpoints are it's good to create scare tactics so that we can go to war versus it's just good to go to war. <laughs> we we have a Republican in the presidency right now and like a war would look really good for us. Ronald Reagan, the actor? <laughs> yeah, it's like war is awesome, but don't be like sneaky about it. Yeah, yeah. Colonel, you think Turner has taken the plane to find the terrorists? You bet. This Beck. Admiral, what kind of pilot is he? You want to know if he can make it down there? Right. Captain Samuel Beck is one of the best pilots I've ever known. 79 war missions in Vietnam. 4,000 hours of flying. Two decorations. If there's one son of a bitch that can pull it off, he's the one. Shit. I love, speaking of death, I loved how freely this, this was. This movie dealt in carnage. <laughs> yes, of course, in the action, but in the dialogue, like, so many lines between Bo Svensson and the Newman guy, or Turner and the Newman guy, are just being like, yeah, I mean, we're gonna kill you soon. <laughs> to the point yeah. where when we cut back and do the requisite scene with the brass, right, and Newman, and Newman's, like, pushing everybody else around i found that funny like <laughs> he literally is going like admiral i gave you an order and it's like can you do that to admirals i don't yeah, think yeah, yeah. I don't... mr president i gave you an order it's like who are you yeah yeah exactly i don't know no, the hierarchy Newman's with the government <laughs> i don't know the hierarchy totally but i think the only people who can give orders to admirals are emperor palpatines i think <laughs> yeah it was just so weird and that the admiral again is like yeah, it's only because of that machine we haven't killed you yet, Newman. It's like, is this how you all talk to each other? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Your machine has done nothing. Your machine does not work. Just like talking to superior officers like, ooh, if it weren't for those stripes on your shirt, I'd stab you to death. Yeah. Right now, I'd stab you <laughs> right there in the throat. I'd be doing it right now. I can't. It's against the law. The but. movie ends with that. Yes. The movie yeah. ends with- That man's going to die. Not the threat, but the promise. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. There is no force greater than Turner's- desire to kill anybody who even slightly wronged him slightly wrongs him yeah stolen guns is stealing a fighter jet all from the, the military he stole all of them they're all he's his breaking now. immediately bad yep. and, uh, so <laughs> i'm here to kill people and love my wife and i'm all out of wife Flying the fighter player under duress, Tony and Beck find themselves in the most tame dogfight ever caught on film. <laughs> Hyperbole, but still, Top Gun this is not. 
Thankfully, Beck is a hotshot and manages to shoot down two planes tailing them in enemy airspace, but cutting from stock footage of planes flying to stock footage of radar costs their plane a lot of fuel, and they have to bail out. Beck sends Tony parachuting out of there to safety, and Beck soon follows suit as the plane explodes. Unsure where Tony has landed, Beck starts making his way through enemy territory. He buries his parachute in a move that Josh and I both remarked as surprisingly accurate. (laughs) Jaunty music that in no way fits the tone of the scene, but does make me want to jazzercise to it, scores our hero's journey across the fields of Nicaragua. A soldier sneaks up on him, but Beck steals his gun, empties its rounds, throws the soldier to the ground, and stabs him in the crotch. And if Beck wasn't already the character I cared the most about in this movie, he is now tony who he guns down other soldiers driving towards him including the coolest most nonchalant shot at a soldier running towards him with a sword in a manner that says i saw indiana jones once and i want to be that cool (laughs) beck steals a jeep and drives it around trying to act as naturally as possible but as the only black american soldier in the country it's a pretty apparent he doesn't belong there and is promptly rocket launchered at he gets thrown out as the truck explodes now surrounded by the enemy he is taken into custody but like our boys reb brown and brent huff before him beck is not giving up any information to them despite their relentless torture punches to the face a night of sleep on the bathroom floor and an electrical wires to the crotch cannot convince beck to give up his mission to them though honestly it's debatable if he even knows what the mission is (laughs) but you know who does know the mission Tony, remember him? Well, we check back in with him. It certainly seems like he's had a slightly better day as he takes out revolutionaries surrounding the compound with not but a slingshot and ball bearings. There's a series of way too sexy shots that follow as Tony cocks his gun, slowly puts shells into his ammo belt, slowly takes shells out of his ammo belt, and angry squints at the camera as he sets up seemingly random detonators in an alleyway. Just as Beck's torture starts to get ratcheted up to an 11, boom goes the dynamite! literally as the wall next to him explodes tony shoots his way into the building and rescues beck as they run away tony detonates more bombs and beck starts mysteriously retching apparently because tony set off puke grenades which is never explained or returned to and which google could offer me no indication is a real thing the scenes that follow are all way too frenetic to properly document so i'm just gonna relay it all as onomatopoeia interpretation Witty banter, witty banter. (laughs) The two of them run away from the carnage. Beck takes a page from the Tony playbook and steals a bus from a man in a Mickey Mouse t-shirt by threatening to shoot him. The two then drive off and Beck is understandably perturbed by the direction this day has gone and also understandably blames Tony for all of it. But couples therapy is abruptly interrupted by an enemy helicopter that begins to fly towards them. Now it's bus versus helicopter in a wild standoff. Most amazingly in this scene, there was a shot of chickens on the roof of the bus. And I was like, why are we spending so much time with these chickens on the roof of the bus? But then the helicopter shoots the top of the bus and there's an explosion of feathers and stock chicken sound effects. And it made every editorial decision before that totally worth it. (laughs) 
But as if these explosions from above weren't enough, now the bus is driving over landmines and they have to pull off the side of the road. The helicopter flies ever so gracefully around the stalled bus while shooting it with a machine gun trying to kill our boys. But they brought a machine gun to a crossbow fight, the fools. (laughs) Tony shoots a crossbow tied to a rope into the leg of the helicopter shooter, then climbs up and pushes them both out, yet still manages to stabilize said helicopter without landing. Beck grabs onto the legs of the helicopter just as the dying soldier blows up the bus with a bomb gun thing. Don't ask me about munitions. I do not know them. Beck says it must be his lucky day. Tony couldn't give a shit. <laughs> this is a masterpiece. Yes. Gold. A- absolute gold. So and I good. do love that we like abandon Tony for a good like four minutes. We're just, it's yeah. the Beck show now. And it's, it rules. It's because it's where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> Two turntables and a microphone. <laughs> you know, uh, Turner, Tony, he definitely won me as the movie went on. Yeah. But at, at this point, I was not. I was like, movie, you could, I could just watch uh, Fred Williamson like lose consciousness and then regain consciousness on a bathroom floor for 20 minutes if you don't want to cut back to that story. That's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fred Williamson, he shows up in the desert. Again, this movie's priorities are wild because the burying of the parachute scene is the most frantic his character ever is at all on yeah. screen. He's the, the most chill guy in the whole movie. And then he's like, I gotta, I gotta bury this parachute right now. It's so crazy. And then, and then he proceeds to walk for a while and then somehow be ambushed in the flattest place of the yeah. world. From behind. Yeah. From behind, to which he crotch stabs one guy, and Indiana Jones shoots the other guy. And it's so badass, they show it twice. Yep. Which is a thing that I generally don't like that movies do because it announces itself as a movie in a way that I don't usually like. But in this moment... I was like, yeah, fucking movie, you nailed it. Like, do the victory lap. Do the uh, do the 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 end zone dance. Yes. It and it's such a nod of we know this is Indiana Jones. You know this is Indiana Jones and we don't care because it's still great. But I it had a little uh, yeah, a little extra something the the guy having already been shot decides to just go like, yeah, it's machete time. Yeah. <laughs> and then Fred Williamson's like the way he kind of sidestepped and like readied for him, I thought and the, like, like the pulling of like two bullets tops, like the fact that, like, that it's not like a, a a spray and pray. It was just a right. Yeah, it's a right. little. He's got a little fade away to it yeah. too. He's just sort of sidesteps him. <laughs> yeah, he's fucking strafing. I yeah, I just love that it sort of like jumped totally into the sidekicks like POV for like such a huge set. Like it became like. Like Gus Van Sant movie Jerry, right? It was just like him, Fred Williamson, and Casey Affleck like wandering around the desert. Also, not the desert. Yeah. <laughs> when they steal the, the plane, planes, the and they're planes. like, "We lost them, sir. Yeah. They're somewhere in the Caribbean Sea." And then we cut to like snowy mountain yeah. caps. <laughs> but also on top of that, they lost them despite the long explanation from earlier that they can find anyone anywhere. Can truly at find any anyone time. doing like, anything. What is what? And then this machine fails at its one task. The one, yeah. And then he spends the rest of the movie being like, "Where are they? You don't think they're still there, do you? You don't think they're still alive?" 
live. It's like, I don't know. Ask your magic algorithm ask box. The machine. <laughs> yeah. Why spend all of this time setting it up if it's never going to pay? It's off? crazy. Oh, because they just had too many checkoffs, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like when, during that lock and load scene. When he's just like two Smith and Wessons, a couple M12 machine guns, a bazooka, the you know the the wrist rocket nine thousand or whatever, you like could hear the the erection hitting the top of <laughs> Anton Chekhov's like casket, right? <laughs> Things are being set up. What is your mission? Speak, speak up. My name is Captain Samuel Beck. Fifteen fifty-seven, oh eighty-five. You are one of those that supply the contrast. Don't be foolish. Tell me your mission here, and I promise you, I'll be lenient. Really? You have my word. Okay. My mission was easy. I came here to tell you to kiss my black ass. I don't know if it's just because the gravitas he brings to the screen or because it's actually badass to watch somebody just say his name rank yeah. and the guy's just like, what's your mission? And he just keeps repeating the same information over and over again was like so awesome. Oh, and then when he's like, oh, what? what I, I, got, I got, got it. got it. Great. Yeah. My mission was to get you to kiss my black ass. Yes. Oh. The way he says oh. it is so good. Oh, the beauty of this movie. We have this interrogation scene where Fred Williamson's getting like a car battery on the balls and someone's <laughs> just being like, what is your mission in here? What are you doing? You know, why, why did they sent you? Right. And they, because everyone's a video game character, he's got like, you know, his own little bits of characterization, the right, you know, a weird haircut, like some scars <laughs> and whatnot. A villain, maybe, perchance. Do we have an antagonist? No. <laughs> Fucking Tony Turner just comes in, blows everyone away. Is like, yeah, next scene's over this way. Come on. <laughs> we gotta keep this moving. We were a tight also, 90. Also, does it know Beck is in there? No! Yeah, it's just <laughs> begun his campaign <laughs> against <right>. Nicaragua. <laughs> Is just shooting indiscriminately into rooms and happens to be like, oh, all right. Oh, hey, dude. Weird. I keep <laughs> running into you. I, I was so hoping in that moment, though, that we were going to have a rule of threes payoff where, like, he saves Beck and then, like, immediately pulls his gun on him <laughs> and is like, you're coming with me right now. It's like, yeah, I know. I know. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. no, that's where I, yeah, I'd like to. <laughs> Yeah, I loved before he breached though and threw grenades in there, puke or otherwise, he put on he put in earplugs and goggles. Yeah. yeah. Like that was the yeah. thing is like I I was so happy we got to spend so much time with Fred Williamson and was initially like, Oh, we gotta go back to the fucking meatball over here. But Everything he did yeah. was either funny or a lock and load sequence. So I was like, yeah, all right. I don't care. You don't need to be a good actor. <laughs> it also makes him seem more like a sociopath because he's like, yeah. I love the smell of napalm in the morning, but I am yeah. going to protect my lungs and my ears from these things while right, I indiscriminately yeah, yeah. kill. I'm already going to have night terrors from all the horrors I've committed. I don't want tinnitus. <laughs> I don't know. There's, there's those moments in this movie that betray that these filmmakers did understand the experience of watching the movie, right? Like, under, yeah. I don't know, the movie knew when to, you know, reel you back in, shoot you with a crossbow, <laughs> and reel you back in. It does underline a thing that I think is actually important to note, because we've talked about a lot of movies on here, especially movies that range from batshit to boring. 
this movie in some ways highlights pacing is not a straight line but is waves mm. and it and it's and it's it's an issue for some movies that and some movies that I love but they're tiring right the idea yeah. of like if a movie is full throttle from frame 1 to the end it's like listening to a greatest hits record where you're like, oh, okay, at some point it kind of becomes wallpaper because you're trying to one-up yourself. And at some point either you can't or my brain is tired because an hour and a half of pure stimulus is just too much. Yeah. That like sometimes you need some boring. Sometimes you need mm. some non-scenes. Sometimes you need some like, hey, j- just so you remember, like, yeah, there's some guys in the background doing some stuff. And uh, we're going to show you that. Not for a long time, so like, don't worry about it. Like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna, don't go on the internet. Don't, don't. don't. Wait, 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 shit! I, I feel like I'm gonna throw up. What the fuck was in that grenade? A puke grenade, asshole. Look out! I, I non sequitur for a moment. Yep. Y'all know me. Y'all know me. You've known me for a long time. I, I for most of my life, as I'm sure for you as well. I have thought, interacted, just existed in some way around movies, right? Watched a lot of movies, went to school for making movies, made movies professionally, made movies passionately, have now a podcast where we watch and talk about movies, comment about movies, write about movies, you know? The greatest film experience I ever had, watching Smokey and the Bandit, and there was a moment where Burt Reynolds gives old Smokey the slip. And he's, you know, he's sort of, you know, idling the car behind a shed or something. And he starts pulling forward, looking behind, looking behind. And my roommate goes, well, why is he still waiting there? He already got away from the cops. And that was the moment where Burt Reynolds looks into the camera and winked and then drove away <laughs> and we all freaked what? out because he just had a conversation with Burt Reynolds right no one has talked to Burt Reynolds since his death except for my roommate right and I was just like after a lifetime of pretty much only thinking about movies my greatest film experience has now been watching you have the greatest yeah. film experience a person can have right like you just communicated with the dead right? <laughs> And I felt like I had a moment of that during this movie. I sure when, did too. Yeah. Right? Like they're in the middle of a gunfight. Fred Williamson starts retching. And I write down, wait, did he get hit or is he just sick? Like <laughs> yeah. what's going on? And that's when another character <laughs> yells, It's puke grenades, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> The movie was talking to me. Yeah. Puke grenades go up into the Video High Hall of Fame in the way that cat darts do. Yes. Which is yes. just the absolute most batshit idea that you don't really have any sense of what to do with in any meaningful way. Like, like a part of you is like, is this a bit? Is he just like making fun of the fact that he's retching? It's like, no, I think they're serious that they're saying there's some kind of science in that they have a puke grenade. But then it never, it's never never established before and it never pays off after. And it's great. It it works. Was it just to make Fred Williamson puke? I I guess. We don't see anyone else reacting to this in the same way. 
You know, we called the machete gun moment the quote-unquote Indiana Jones moment, but maybe this is more like that Indiana Jones moment in that it needed to be written in to explain Fred Williamson's, like, <laughs> stomach problems or something. Maybe he, he, was, he had food poisoning, and they're like, let's just write in puke grenades so he can, like, throw up on camera because we, we only got a couple takes. So just in case he pukes I also had a similar, and it's not quite as profound. We get a, a scene... Where Tony and Fred Williamson are heads down, just being shot at, doing absolutely nothing, and the helicopter is just circling and circling and circling. And I just wrote, long sequence, huh? And as I write that, a hand appears in frame holding a crossbow. And I and I just went like as he with a dart with a with a rope on it shoots the leg of a gunner and apparently that's enough to bring down a whole helicopter and and he yeah this guy was bridges the gap it was mostly that I was just like so taken off guard at the timing of it it was like it's the Braveheart scene that is like hold hold. A guy makes a call from in front of the Rio de Janeiro Jesus. Meanwhile, a guy in front of a McDonald's makes an identical phone call with some truly crazy typewriter subtitles. Someone is setting off a nuke, (laughs) quote, in the city limits. What city? Don't worry about it. Colonel Keitel isn't too happy with Newman, so Newman threatens his life. From their stolen chopper, our heroes listen in on the enemy radio. Back on the battleship, a Scoops Ahoy employee tells an admiral that the enemy has ordered one of their own helicopters shot down. Colonel Keitel thinks it's gotta be Turner. Newman orders the admiral to stop Keitel from leaving to rescue Turner. The admiral spills the beans that Newman has a secret he's been keeping from the colonel. What's going on here? What's going on here? Well, the audience will have to wait to find out. Because we got back to three baddies and a jeep leading a caravan across a bridge. The guy who killed Turner's wife, Scar, tells Maria that they're proceeding to the third part of the plan while gingerly stroking his gun. His badassery is interrupted by Turner and Beck flying their helicopter dangerously close to the bridge, and a four-minute firefight ensues. There's gunfire, grenades, and a whole lot of smoke. Every car becomes a blazing inferno. There's even a cool handheld camera shot following Scar through the smoking cars. It all rules. Turner and Bex fly their whirly bird away, but it gets clipped and explodes. We see that Turner bails out in time, but what about Beck? Is this the end of Captain Beck? (laughs) Turner almost gets shot by a (gasps) woman because she sends him into flashbacks of his dead pregnant wife-girlfriend. But lucky for him, Beck is there to save him. He shoots the woman from his spot on a convenient twig on a nearby rock. Turner helps him down. Apparently, wherever our heroes landed is within sight of the bridge. Because Scar shoots a rocket directly at them with the power of editing. Maria gives him the nuclear backpack and Scar hoofs it down a bunch of stairs to a conveniently placed jeep. Turner and Beck shoot their way back onto the bridge, but rather than give up Scar, Maria grabs the barrel of Turner's machine gun and shoots herself with it, which is something that I guess you can do. I'm no gun expert. Uh, Colonel Keitel takes off in a bunch of helicopters with Delta Force to rescue his man. Newman's none too happy, but the Admiral doesn't care. 
Scar pulls up to an abandoned building with his backpack. He's pretty sure nobody followed him. Boom! And never mind, they followed him. Beck blasts the door for their jeep to bust through. Turner blows up the enemy's helicopter, which will come back in a bit. There's a bunch of spray and pray. Turner has another flashback to his dead wife. He and Scar take their fight to the second floor, but oh no! Scar left the bomb behind, and Beck sees it's counting down. Turner shoves Scar out of a second-story door. He slow-mo falls to the ground where he spontaneously combusts. Baddies surround the building. Beck tells Turner they're about to die and is pretty blasé about it. Turner has the bright idea to take the enemy helicopter to safety, but he blew that up. Turner and Beck decide to make a last stand while quipping away with Shane Blackish Gray dialogue. <laughs> Turner's helicopter sends tingles as Delta Force swoops in and starts blowing away baddies. Their joy is short-lived, though, because Beck remembers a nuke is about to go off. Oh shit, the bomb! They run back to the bomb. The clock is ticking down fast. Beck types random numbers, but nothing's working. The clock hits zero, and the bomb explodes! Kind of. <laughs> it's more of an off-the-shelf firework explosion than an I am become death destroyer of worlds moment. <laughs> Beck and Turner are just as confused as the audience. Newman and the Admiral knew it was a fake bomb. The revolutionary stole a fake bomb used only for maneuvers. Newman says some nonsense about using this as a way to sway public opinion. On a Delta Force chopper back to safety, the colonel explains this to Beck and Turner. They're none too happy about being used as cannon fodder for a publicity stunt. Too bad there's nothing they can do about it. Or is there? Turner slowly and menacingly pulls a knife from his leg holder. Freeze frame and credits! There is so much to love in this act. It's yeah. the most movie. bananas uh, thing. Movie. movie is... Uh, so, uh, also, so uh, Josh... Oh, yeah, I was going to say I the same thing. Oh, did I miss something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love the whimsy with which you <laughs> described it. Unfortunately, <laughs> and I would, uh, God, I'd be right there with you. But yeah. Turner does take a grenade and stick it he in just? Scar's yeah, yeah, yeah. shirt and push him oh, out the window. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't just hit the I ground really and explode. Which, <laughs> which <laughs> to be fair to Josh, is exactly what happens to both the jet that they show up yeah. on yes. and yeah. the helicopter that they fall out of. There are a lot of explosions that happen of vehicles. I didn't actually write this down and now I'm afraid that I like dreamt it, but there <laughs> was this beautiful scene, like the tension between them when they're getting surrounded by all of the, the revolutionaries and they have this moment. It's yes. like, well, why'd you come with me? You know why I came with you. Yes. Like, yes, yes. Guess, why? Guess it doesn't matter. Because like, they're in love with each other. The yeah. reason he went with them is because he <laughs> loves him. No, they do yeah. do that. Yeah. Fred Williamson's like, I could have got rid of you at any time. And he's like, but well, you why did. didn't you? Yeah. Doesn't seem too important now, does it? Like it's like, <laughs> what's happening? You're in, <laughs> you're in love. <laughs> you're in love. Rapido, where was it? Holy shit! Don't tell me you were expecting a happy ending. Always did believe in American dream. <laughs> Why don't you go to hell? Hey, that's where we both gonna be in less than five minutes, pal. If you don't come up with another one of your bright ideas. What's the use? Hey, this beautiful brown body's got a lot more living to do, pal. 
Excuse me while I throw up. And then that scene, I love that that scene just becomes kind of a reverse Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, where it's <laughs> the revolutionaries fought like surrounding the soldiers, and like you just, I just wanted Turner to turn to uh, back and be like, we should have gone to Bolivia instead of Nicaragua. But then they get out of it. It's I, fine. I love that it's immediately undercut. They're like, yeah. that's it. We're we're gonna die. Oh shit. There's a helicopter. We're safe. The cavalry oh, has come. Delta Force. Freaking the Delta, Delta Force. Delta Force is just a full-on American invasion of Nicaragua at that point. Yeah. Like, yep, yep, un- yep. yeah, unsanctioned. Unsanctioned. We uh, know it's unsanctioned. So it's so it's sort of like what happened in Nicaragua. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> collar pull. Collar pull. Okay, so so the movie The Delta Force comes out right is a huge hit. But Delta Force is a was a real force, and in the early to mid '80s, like becomes sort of a focus of some amount of press that is like, oh, there's like this elite group doing all of these things that nobody else can do, and so becomes a bit of like a, a fervor, becomes a movie. The movie takes its legend even further. So to then have a ripoff of that or or a movie that just shamelessly plucks its name and then fucking Dr. Mordred's us the whole movie going like <laughs> like the Delta Force they're the most elite group of killing machines they're coming but they have to wait yeah. <laughs> is so funny and then to just to like have a whole movie where they're just like no 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 there's a bunch of monsters behind that door yeah. like once the mm-hmm. door is open like the Delta Force is coming yeah. when they oh boy when oh, they come it's wait. gonna be oh the body bags you better bring out your body bags when they come <laughs> and they stay them. in the helicopters yeah. you see so many they cast a lot of extras for those helicopter shots too like and their their like invasion and taking down of the rebel army happens in reaction shot of our main characters be like whoo a lot of bodies wow. oh wow they're really doing it. <laughs> Up there, it, shoot up. It, the, yeah, all right, they've done it. Okay. <laughs> so, ch- chicken cam up with cat darts. Dr. Mordred up with box factories. Yeah, like, yeah, Dr. Yeah. Mordreding yourself in a movie is now up there, I think, in the echelons with a, bo- with a box factory as, like, this movie. Yeah, has a done Mordred that. Is, is sort of like. It's the anti Chekhov. Somewhere. Yeah. It's the mix between a MacGuffin and a Chekhov. Yes, right? yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah, some, yeah. it's like a it's a Chekhov that never gets paid. Yeah, that, that is not important. Yeah, <laughs> it's a promise. It's a promissory note that they sure hope that you forget what it's <laughs> yeah. due. <laughs> yeah, it's getting your mother I O U one back massage for the next day or something, right? <laughs> God, how good was that four-minute fight scene on the bridge? That was incredible. That was like one of the best fight scenes I've seen recently slash ever. Bridge on the river, die! (laughs) Yeah. It was so great to have a climax where our main characters were never in danger. Like, never... They were just firing down on the villains for four minutes. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like there was death from above. <laughs> yeah, this is the USA maneuver. The USA-USA. <laughs> and in a really funny... Again, the POV switches again, and we're in the villain's head as he's panicking and, like, hiding behind cars and watching his friends die. 
I love that Mark Gregory, the guy who played the villain, on Letterboxd doesn't have a name. Like <laughs> I not on IMDb. His I, name is Scar, right? Wait, is it? I don't know. I I I I, oh. I, mean, yeah, I put it down. I, as, I put it down. As wait, scar. okay. Did, scar, did he yeah. have a scar the entire movie? Because I who only no idea. Unclear <laughs> detail. Only when you get his super close up, where he literally yeah. looks at the camera, puts his finger in his mouth, touches his scar for some reason. Goes ah me, I scar. Uh, this movie fucking It's better ruled. than the name I gave him. What did you give him? Wife killer guy. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, Scar's better. Scar's better. But I just feel like nothing in this movie is supposed to have, like, an importance to the plot in the way. Like, he's not really wife killer guy. He's... Yes, he does do that. And yes, that is the inciting incident. But he just exists in the way that everyone in this movie just exists. <laughs> they just sort of continue through the events of the movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Gosh. There was one shot... In, in Act 3, towards the end of the movie, on that bridge that felt like it was from a fucking James Bond movie yeah. where yeah. they're following Scar through yeah. the, fu- the the billowing clouds of black smoke from so the exploded cool. cars. And it, it was astonishing. Yeah, it's I like a 40 second unbroken, unbroken take. As yeah, as he's going through a war zone, that I was like, Incredible. what the fuck? I was, <laughs> Yeah, you both have, like, referred to Scar as the villain of this movie. I'm like, yes, he did shoot a pregnant woman. I'm not saying he didn't do that. <laughs> gleefully. But, we, you know, gleefully. We all have our, we all have yeah, our peccadillos. Like, wouldn't we say, like, American bureaucracy is the villain of this film? <laughs> oh, uh, 100%. Yeah, for sure. Yes. And also, so does the movie. And so does the movie. <laughs> That's the thing! It sets everyone up. It sets up the, the revolutionaries. It sets up the American military. Like, it's all, everyone is set up for... For the dumbest ploy in a big, the world. A big thing that I was a fan of was the actual um, choreography of his final shot where he's pushed out a window and he falls in the foreground, yeah. you know, from top of frame to bottom of frame. And behind him, as, <laughs> as he falls through the frame, they've timed it so that about the time when his you know, pants hit the bottom of frame or just go out of frame. They have an explosion that is clearly happening behind the actor (laughs) that also has a bunch of his clothes (laughs) that that explodes back into frame. And the timing doesn't quite hit. So, like, he's still technically kind of in frame while other bits are kind of coming back into frame right. and it's such a great little moment of you can, just like, like see his leg and the boot is flying in the background yes exactly yes. in a way like where I was... blew up his laundry but you know what I'm charmed by wanting to do it yes the fact that you wanted the to do it to try yeah yeah means even if it didn't quite work out I'm well, on it's your a side. funny thing because in these types of movies, there's never really a question who's going to come out on top. You know that the big-muscled guy with the bandoliers of M60 <laughs> machine gun rounds are probably going to win. And so to like do that thing where they forget how to fight or they forget how to shoot and like they get their asses kicked for like half of the fight and then they come back can be fun if done well but in some ways is 
is as rote as any of it. Mm. It's yeah. kind of great to have it be like, no, 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 fuck that. We're not, we're not gonna do that. We're not gonna like pretend like these guys aren't the best. We've told you they're the best, and if they're the best, <laughs> then they're gonna decimate. And so they win, and they win, and they win in like gloriously sort of one-upsmanship ways. But then every so often, they really do give you a pretty good fake out where you think where like. Maybe they just killed a main character. Yeah, like yeah, yeah but uh, when they when you think that they killed Beck. Yeah, with, with the explosion. like I was like I don't think so, but I don't know. Yeah. This movie this movie's like a little off the rails. So like maybe they just killed right. Fred. He Williamson. could just be gone. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, we lost Turner for a good five minutes. There's a possibility. Yeah, this movie doesn't play by everyone else's rules, and like and so you know where it's going for the most part. It's Colonel Pytel with Delta Force. Just like the cavern in Nicotine. Right on. Chip, come on. Oh, shit. There's a nuclear bomb that's about to go off. I have to run and disarm it. Yeah, disarm a nuclear bomb. Good I'd luck. like to see. <laughs> we're just going to unsplit this atom here, and we're good. We're good. <laughs> yeah. And then the little of the nuclear bomb going off. Oh, it's so great. And the confusion on their faces that matched my own. <laughs> for maneuvers, you mean we almost got our asses shot off for a fake bomb? Like Beck had the worst. Yet yes, I know Turner lost his pregnant wife and his entire family. He didn't but, seem to mind. But Beck had like the worst day ever. Where Beck like, just I didn't kept, ask for any of this he bullshit. Kept yeah, yeah, where Beck and Turner are having a conversation in the doorway as they're facing their mortality, as like people are coming to kill them, and and, and a, a nuclear bomb is about to explode, and they're having, like, a Mike Nichols movie for <laughs> yeah, a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what is happening? Yeah, like, we had lost all sense in a really lovely way of the weight of any of this, yes. right? Like, yeah, the fact that there is a nuke that's about to go off, a nuke, yeah. and they're like, right, what are you going to do? Yep. Yeah. So that yeah. wins some, lose some. Yeah, Hell of a day, huh? <laughs> yeah, I did have a moment where I, where... I was like, are they just going to do it? Like, is the movie going to end with a... And just like, well... We blew up Nicaragua. Or just like a... It like, could happen. Yeah, yeah, or... Just, just the horrors of war. You know, the, yeah. the sort of like... Like, you make a movie that's extremely fun, and then at the end tries to make a point. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it tries to be a PSA just in the last second. I mean, it kind of was. <laughs> yeah, about bureaucracy. Yeah. <laughs> Paid for by people trying to get Reagan a third turn. <laughs> <laughs> That's it? What the hell was that? That was poof. Shit. Turner, back. Come on. Report card <laughs> segment that I love. <laughs> we will learn some facts about 
um, <laughs> this movie or something related. Tangentially. <laughs> Maybe politics. Maybe Nicaragua. Maybe just how you blow up a car. <laughs> rip off report card. Now you know more. <laughs> That's my goddamn national anthem. The Delta Force Commando Ripoff Report Card is brought to you by Camelback's new Atomic Backpacks. The same comfortable and durable Camelback you love, but this time with a lead-lined interior to help you cart all of your radioactive material across the Nicaraguan wilderness. Be sure you don't mix up the drinking straws. <laughs> Rare for a movie that we cover to have so many actual headshots on its IMDb page, indicating that the majority of the cast actually has had a pretty expansive career, thus giving many different angles from which a ripoff report card could be written. But at the time of writing this, we are less than an hour away from our episode record, and I just don't have the time to do any of that research. <laughs> so <laughs> instead, I'm going to say it's our birthday, and I'll recite a bunch of facts about this special day in history if I want to. <laughs> the date, May 27th, 2020. <laughs> oh, the world is in what we think at the time is the heart of the coronavirus pandemic, but was actually just the beginning of a long road. But we had been inside and quarantined from our loved ones for over a month or two at this point, and like everyone else, we were going a little stir-crazy and desperate. So, like so many of our brethren, not actually classified as essential workers, we did the only natural thing. We started a podcast. <laughs> Video High's first episode, the Rambo ripoff Strike Commando, premiered on this day, and we had no idea what we were doing. Our microphone quality, largely terrible. <laughs> our record time, honestly, just slightly over an hour, which is nothing compared to our sessions now. <laughs> our runtime, a breezy hour and three minutes. Our Dakotas, plentiful. May 27th is a date that's very special in our hearts, but what else has history had in store for this momentous date? And can I find the most depressing ones to relay because it's me? <laughs> Probably. On May 27th, 1703, Peter the Great of Russia, one of the coolest historical figures in my book, founded the city of St. Petersburg. In 1977, the British punk band The Sex Pistols released their second single, God Save the Queen, which was quickly banned by the BBC. In 1941, the British Navy sunk the German battleship The Bismarck. In 1933, I'm just going to copy and paste this factoid directly from a website because its wording is just so funny to me. Quote, Walt Disney released the animated short film The Three Little Pigs, which featured the song Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf, highlighting fortitude in the face of adversity. Both the cartoon and the song proved highly popular with Depression-era moviegoers. What? Why did this write-up have so much more information provided on this website than the sinking of the Bismarck? That's wild! <laughs> Anyway, in 1660, the Treaty of Copenhagen between Sweden and Denmark-Norway was signed, establishing the modern boundaries of the countries. Okay, this is all fine, but let's find some more depressing stuff. Don't let me down, Wikipedia. In 1120, Richard III of, of uh, Capua uh, was anointed as prince two weeks before his untimely death. Ooh, spooky. In 1971... 
the Dolero train disaster, the worst railway accident in West Germany, killed 46 people. That's a little better. Also in 1971, Pakistani forces massacre over 200 civilians in the Bhagbati massacre. In 1863, the F-4 strength St. Louis slash East St. Louis tornado killed 255 people and caused over $10 million in damages. And there's other things, but honestly, none of this is particularly interesting. And so far is making the case for me that the most important thing to happen on this day was the premiere of our podcast. (laughs) Sure, some pretty exciting people were born on May 27th, I guess. Like war criminal, somehow not dead yet, Henry Kissinger. Actor Paul Bettany. Andre 3000. And most importantly, Vincent Price. And it's apparently National Great Popsicle Day. Oh, wait, just grape? Just grape. There's a lot of crazy national Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make it a thing. But short of Vincent Price, is any of this any more interesting than listening to four best friends talk about B-movies together to escape the monotony of life? I'm not sure it is. Yes, May 27th was a day that will forever live in our heart, and as we celebrate the third anniversary of it with this episode, it's honestly crazy to think we've been going at it for this long. To our hundred or so listeners who have been there every step of the way, we thank you for listening and for hanging out with us in the classroom. This ripoff report card is dedicated to you. And that has been the saddest excuse for a Delta Force Commando ripoff report card. <laughs> Love you guys. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> ripoff report card. That was about video high <laughs> and pickles and cheesecake. Sounds like a good pie. <laughs> Play ball! Hip <laughs> 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 hop report card. maneuvers. You mean we almost got our ass shot off for a fake bomb? That's right. Did you know about this, Colonel? No. My superiors know. So there's nothing we can do about it, right? Nothing, huh? That's right. Uh, you boot camp recruits and uh, foot cramp spittoons. Pieces <laughs> had a stroke, had a stroke. I'm breaking, sorry. That's right, that was a very special birthday episode. Woo! Woo! A video high on Delta Force Commando, but what to your classmates might end up on the final test. So glad we didn't have to have seen Alpha, Bravo, or Charlie Force Commandos to understand this one. But I'm not opposed to doubling back for future birthday episodes. When the movie ended and it cuts to the credits, every single name in it ended in a vowel. Like, I know that this is a joke of Italians, but, like, I'm not kidding when I said Every single name in the crew ended in a vowel. Oh, the end credits looked delicious. 
So many eyes. So many. And like there were a few O's. Almost all of them are eyes. I guess the eyes have it. Quick, do yours now. I have to redeem myself. This movie really puts the bomb in the bomb. And while maybe we're wrong, maybe there wasn't satire here. It's very possible that this was purely a movie made to draw support for the Contras. But even if that's true, I still think this movie is up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A, beautiful. <laughs> Start. Happy birthday, everyone. Happy birthday. Us. God Happy bless birthday. us, everyone. After three years in the school, we would be absolutely remiss if we did not thank Seth Applebaum of Ghost Funk Orchestra and Gabriella Tessitore of the band Scout Harris for our theme song, Justin Ferraro of the band The Rizzos for all the rest of our music, and Shearer for our logo, and our teacher, Mr. Philip Marlowe. Thank you all so much. Thank you to my co-hosts, Greg Hansen. Jamie Kennedy and Josh Roth for doing this with me and from me Casey Regan thank you so very much everybody who's listened for these three years for people who have just joined for the classmates to come I truly truly appreciate it y'all speaking of growing and moving into bigger and better things next lesson will be on the 1995 sci-fi horror Evolver And we're going to have stand-up comedian Pete Angelo in the class with us. It'll be a great one. So check us out wherever you get your podcasts. And on our socials at Video High Podcast on Instagram and TikTok and at VideoHigh.pod on Twitter. Go over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us five stars for our birthday. Or, you know, just chill. I don't know. Live your life. I love that this movie starts with the most generic ass footage of a plane oh with God. the with like among the worst credit sequences. But it needed it needed Danger Zone playing over. Yeah, I was gonna say Parkway to the Discomfort Place is like <laughs> is rocking. Simple Equations Podcast Network.